Alrighty now, we are in Season 5, Episode 18 of JV to the Pros. I'm your host, Jack Vecchio, and we're going to get started with some sad news as we do Season 5, Episode 18 of JV to the Pros. We have some celebrity deaths to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the fact that uh, we lost uh, Jimmy Buffett surprisingly and uh jimmy kept it to himself he kept it around his family he didn't let anybody know but he had a very very rare form of cancer and was in hospice for the last um couple of months of his life and he had just apparently i think he had just canceled a concert in july and we lost jimmy buffett to cancer here in September of 2023. Now, the interesting thing about this is I was just talking to a friend of mine that runs the San Diego Parrothead Club out of San Diego, but they travel, um, excuse me, to uh, Las Vegas. They travel to um, um, the Keys in Florida. They travel... New Mexico, they travel Arizona, they, I mean, they're in LA, and uh, she was telling me that she had the honor of not only hanging out and partying with, with Jimmy Buffett, but she had some pictures with him as well, and um, she considered it an absolute honor to have been a part of the San Diego Parrothead Club for all these years. Now, I have been a contributor because the Parrothead Club is not just a party club or anything like that. The Parrothead Club actually does a lot of charitable, charitable um, donations and they help a lot of people. The Parrothead Club um, provides for some people that are not able to provide for themselves. The Parrothead Club donates a lot. I remember running into the Parrothead Club celebration in Las Vegas. Ironically, it was at Hooters over on Tropicana. And I ran into my friend there and she was talking about how they're having a great time. And the next sentence was, we're raising a lot of money for a particular charity. And I thought, boy, I've been donating to this charity, the Parrothead Club, for 30 plus years. And I knew that they had done some really great things. But I wasn't quite sure how many, how many different charities they had gotten themselves involved. Well, they're doing this stuff year-round. So I'm going to let you know that if you are interested in being a part of the third largest Parrothead Club in the world, it is right here in San Diego. And you can actually contact them at SDP hc.org so it's basically san diego parrothead club sdphc.org and you can join or you can contact one of the board members you can contact them and ask to speak with amanda and she'll be glad to direct you and help you out but she does um she does tireless work with the parrothead club and she would be glad to help you out if you want 
um, any help getting involved with the Parrothead Club or getting involved with um, some of their charities that they're involved with. They're involved with more charities than I than I could count. I, I honestly don't know the exact number, but they do a lot. The other um, celebrity death was Gary Wright, who we knew from you know Dreamweaver. But um, Gary Wright, um, he he had that one hit song of um, you know Dreamweaver, but he also had um, Love Is Alive, and um, and it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um, it was a pretty cool song, but it, it kind of was a was a B side record, and. Um, I'll I'll play a little bit for you, and um, you'll see what I'm talking about. But um, it was one of those things where they didn't have a lot of music, a lot of options in 1976. So this is pretty much what they what they got involved with. So um, you know, um, this is Gary Wright. Love is Alive, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, this was a time when people listening to music got a really big kick out of synthesizers. So, yeah, I mean, and people were like, wow, what's that sound? bad song and they still play it on on you know retro stations and that kind of thing but um the song he was really really known for was dreamweaver i mean we all knew it and and um this was this was this was it and this was a cool intro By the way, this song has been played in hundreds of movies. It's very space age. I've just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream weave train. Trying to take away my worries of today And leave tomorrow behind Trying to 
I mean, this was a really cool song, and and when this song pops up in um, in, in movies and stuff, you recognize it right away. I mean, it's there's no doubt about it. You know, Dreamweaver, but Love Is Alive, I'm pretty positive, was a throw-in song on a B-side of a record, but because of the whole synthesizer thing, um, I that's you know that's how um, that's how he got basically a hit record i don't know how else to put it <laughs> so gary wright passes away at the age of 80 and we lost jimmy buffett to cancer at i think i think jimmy was um i think he was 76 or 78 um he was 76 and we lost Jimmy Buffett to cancer, and we lost Gary Wright. Now, there's somebody else that I want to mention that is a celebrity death that we lost, and it was somebody that I worked with on the TV show Dallas, and that is um, Gail Honeycutt. And Gail Honeycutt played Vanessa Beaumont on Dallas, and she played J.R. Ewing, Larry Hagman, J.R. Ewing's love interest on Dallas. And she's a very pretty actress and had the whole scandal thing going. But, um, yeah, she passed away also at the age of 80. And, I mean, she wasn't a marquee name, but I, I was sorry to see her go. She was a nice lady and a good actress. So, rest in peace, Vanessa. Vanessa, I almost I said her character name, Gail, Bo Gail Honeycutt, not Vanessa Beaumont, that's who she played on the show, Gail Honeycutt, and rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett and Gary Wright. Now, we had, um, we had another loss, and that loss comes from our immediate family, um, not just the JV to the pros group, but um, you guys have heard me talk about um, Paulie, my best friend Paulie, who is probably the best attorney in the country, and um, he's Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis, and he protects businesses and companies and corporations and and small businesses, and he keeps them from getting unnecessarily sued and taken advantage of. And um, Paulie and I both called his mother mom. And that was, that was mom right there. And um, Paulie was going to miss the premiere of Resellers on September 20th this month because he decided he wanted to spend some time with his mom. His mom was mid-90s and her health was deteriorating and he wanted to spend some time with his mom. So he let us know that he was going to be in paying for um, his entire office to be at the uh, premiere, but he would not make it. And um, 
and then I got the call on Labor Day weekend, and um, we had just lost my Uncle Vinny, who was like a father figure to me. And then here we are two weeks later, and um, and Paulie's mom uh, passed away Labor Day weekend. So, um, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you something interesting. Paulie's mom was pregnant twice, but she had four kids, and she didn't have twins twice. She had one child. And then she had triplets. And Polly was amongst those triplets. And the last time I saw mom, I, uh, I, I think I was taking her from uh, upstate New York and driving her into the city, which is a several hour drive. And we got a chance to chat and talk and his dad was in the car. And his mom loved the fact that Polly and I were best friends and that we played ball together and that we you know took care of each other and we were just brothers from another mother and then for about three or four hours his mom talked about oh if you only knew him when he was a little kid he was the best little boy he was the best best kid you could imagine and i thought it was so cute that she just kept raving about paulie and I thought, boy, that's that's what I think of them. I mean, you know, we're real good friends and we give each other a hard time, but but we love each other and we have a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, so um, um, Paulie's mom and the woman I called mom uh, passed away Labor Day uh, weekend. So um, uh, it's very sad in the. JV to the pros, the Sorrentino, the Vecchio family. So um, rest in peace, Mom. You will be sorely missed. But last year we lost Dad, and now you guys are together. So we'll see you on the other side. <clears throat> so keeping with um, news of California here, um, we had the Little League World Series out there in Pennsylvania. And um, it was pretty interesting because um, Chinese Taipei was expected to probably win the whole thing. They, they were, they were run-ruling other teams. They were dominating other teams. They couldn't seem to be stopped. They had pitching, hitting, fielding. They had everything you could, you could ask for. And then what happened was they went up against the Caribbean and they should have they crushed them. And instead, the Caribbean caught them kind of, I don't know, just they went flat for a game. And that pushed, that pushed Chinese Taipei into the consolation round, which is basically um, to figure out who comes in third. And then the top two teams play each other. So the team that ended up going to the finals was a team from El Segundo. And most people here in California really don't know where El Segundo is. But El Segundo is a stone's throw from LAX airport. And El Segundo, that area, is not really known for being a powerhouse of 
you know, little league talent. But El Segundo marched right through to the finals and then faced the Caribbean and lit them up and won this thing handily. So the Caribbean came in second and El Segundo of El Segundo, California, we give you credit for um, for winning the Little League World Series in Pennsylvania this year. And um, I guess we could just hope that maybe you can repeat because this team, this team got hot at the right time. So congratulations to El Segundo for winning the Little League World Series. Now, I want to I want to talk to you about the fact that the um, NFL season started on September 9th. And the first game of the season was on a Thursday, and it was Thursday night football in which the Kansas City Chiefs were going to host the previously helpless, hapless, easy-to-beat Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since Bill Clinton got elected president initially like 1992 and the Detroit Lions the last time they made the playoffs was like 2005 and they were eliminated immediately so um, here are the Detroit Lions who are playing the first game of the season because they got hot right at the end of the season and won seven of their last nine games now that showed that the team was starting to get themselves together then in April the Lions had a really good draft. I mean, not as good a draft as the Jets, but a really good draft. And they got the parts they needed to really shore up that team. And people have been using the Lions as a punchline. So now you look at the first game of the season, the Lions traveling into Kansas City, where all of Missouri is going to be obviously thinking this is an easy, this is an easy game. I mean, there's no way the Lions, the Detroit Lions, are going to beat the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. No way. But two days before the, um, the first game of the year, Travis Kelsey, their superstar tight end, who Mahomes goes to so regularly, this guy's got like 850 career receptions while all the other receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs put together have like 450 career receptions just to add them all together so Travis Kelsey basically just keep throwing him throwing him throwing him and then once in a while Mahomes scrambles and runs and uses his legs and and he's gone so Travis Kelsey gets an injury in practice in which he hyperextends one of his knees so I saw the injury and I thought, okay, they're not going to risk that this knee in two days is going to be healed. They're not going to put him out on the field. And Andy Reid kept holding his cards close to the vest saying that, you know, well, he's a game time decision. And I'm thinking as an athlete, no, no, he's not a game time decision. He's going to be out and he might be out more than one game. So Travis Kelsey shows up at the field without his uniform on and the people of Kansas City are still thinking oh yeah yeah 
There's no way the Detroit Lions are going to beat us. The Detroit Lions are not going to beat us. Not in front of our home crowd at Arrowhead. Not for the first game of the season where everybody's fresh. The Detroit Lions are not going to beat us. I mean, there's an old joke that's been going on for about 30 years that in family courts where abuse is a factor, the family member that's being abused asks the judge to be put into the custody of the Detroit Lions because they don't beat anybody. Well, <laughs> I was the only person in my national football pool who took the Detroit Lions to beat Kansas City in Kansas City to start the season because I told you guys on the last show and the show before that that I thought the Detroit Lions are going to have one heck of a season and they're going to win the NFC North. They're going to win 10, 11, maybe even 12 games this year, but they're going to win that division. Jordan Love from the Packers and his group there, they're not going to get it together in time. The Bears are probably going to be just over 500. They're not winning that division. And the Vikings lost some parts. So I think the Vikings are going to be hanging around 500 also. Detroit is a very, very improved team. And they proved it on Thursday, September 9th, as they went into Kansas City and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 21-20. And that might sound like, oh yeah, it just kind of came down to you know, an extra point. No, 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 that's not what happened. The Detroit Lions held the Kansas City Chiefs twice from getting anywhere near consideration of a touchdown, forcing the Chiefs with 14 points to have to kick field goals twice. So they went 14 to 17, 17 to 20. Meanwhile, Detroit was scoring touchdowns. So toward the end of the game, you come to realize that Mahomes, yeah, he needs an outlet. He needs a valve. He needs somebody who's for sure he can throw it to, like big Travis Kelsey, who he can throw it high, he can throw it wide, and Travis is so big that he'll block his defender, and then he'll reach out with those long arms, and he'll pull the ball in. Or Mahomes, while the defense is shifting, can turn around and get running. Now, the other factor I, I haven't mentioned yet is the Chiefs have a holdout in one of the best defensive players, maybe maybe one of the top two or three defensive players in all of football, in Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is a holdout because he's looking for more money. And Andy Reid's attitude was, you know, we'll get that straightened out, but I'll coach the guys that are on the field, and we'll worry about that later. Well, you can't replace that kind of pressure on the opposing team's quarterback when you don't have another Chris Jones on the team. So Chris Jones is looking for $84 million added to his, uh, his original contract, and the Kansas City Chiefs, they're thinking more like 50-55, so they're far apart in numbers. But Chris Jones is a holdout. And I think, personally, that the defense is also looking at it like, yeah, we'd like Chris Jones 
out on the field with us too. So I don't know that they were playing as hard as they should have. So long story short, Detroit showed up in a perfect storm and walked right into a great situation and went into Arrowhead and walked out undefeated. Now, you know, Jared Goff, the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, has got a chip on his shoulder. He got traded from the Rams in Los Angeles to Siberia, which was the Detroit Lions, where they expected his career to go nowhere forever. And then he watches Matthew Stafford come to the Rams and in his first season as the quarterback for the Rams, win the Super Bowl at home in front of their own fans in Southern California. I happened to be at the stadium that day. But Jared Goff's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove. And when it was coming kneel down time to run out the clock and win this game, he was yelling up to the fans that showed up in Missouri to root on the Lions that he wanted to hear them. This is for real. Now, Jared Goff also has never faced Patrick Mahomes before. So he faces Patrick Mahomes, and he won't face him again until Mahomes is at the tail end of his career. So now, Jared Goff can say he's undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. And not too many people can say that. So congratulations to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. And congratulations to me for being the only person to have taken the Lions in my national office pool. So i got to figure the Lions were probably somewhat sore from celebrating and from playing the game. And hopefully they reached for Rob Van Dam's CBD oil by going to rvdcbd.com. And maybe they put JV to the pros in the promo column and they saved 10% more on their order. But if their muscles were sore, if their joints were sore, if they're aching, if their backs are sore, a little bit of Rob Van Dam's CBD oil will do the trick. It will relax those sore muscles and it'll get the swelling down on those aching joints. And you just have to go to rvdcbd.com and put JV to the pros in the promo box and you'll save at least 10% on your next order. Now, Rob Van Dam, I've said it before, he's a friend of the show, he's a friend of mine. And Rob Van Dam is the world wrestling event, a WWE heavyweight champion of the world. And he has developed this CBD oil so that he can actually keep getting in the ring and doing his acrobatics and doing those demands on his body without hurting himself, without aching. And he's performing every week. So Rob Van Dam's CBD oil at rvdcbd.com. Put JV to the pros in the promo box and you will thank me. Just send us a message on Facebook at JV to the pros and you will be very, very happy about that. Now, we're going to take a look at what has been going on. We're staying in the Southern California um, message of things because the Screen Actors Guild and the AFTRA elections were finalized. And Fran Drescher, who has been doing a great job with the strike, with the writer's strike, with the um, Screen Actors Guild strike, she's been doing a great job and she was reelected. Now, locally, 
my producer and good friend, Jaron Hall, was up for president of the Screen Actors Guild here in San Diego. And he did not win against Larry Poole. And Larry Poole was reelected. And I got to assume Jaron is going to be going back for more. But my good friend Lorenzo was reelected as vice president. And he is a regular on the set of Promised Land when we're filming Promised Land. And he loves watching us do our thing. So congratulations to Lorenzo. And you know what? Congratulations to Jaron. He made a good run for it. He didn't win. But he's not done. He is not done. So that is what's been going on with the SAG-AFTRA elections here in Southern California. Next, I want to talk to you about the battle of the sexes happened 50 years ago this week in sports. And for those of you that don't know what the battle of the sexes is, there was a complete, um, I don't even know how to describe it. This guy was a male chauvinist and he was known as a male chauvinist pig. And his name was Bobby Riggs. And Bobby Riggs was a professional tennis player. But Bobby Riggs believed that men were superior to women in all ways. And at the age of 55, Bobby Riggs decided he would take on Margaret Court, the ranked number one female player in the world. Well, Bobby Riggs beat Margaret Court handily, which just cemented his position as he thought he was making it clear that men are superior to women. Now, I, I, I can't disagree more because, first of all, men are, men are pretty basic. I mean, we're pretty basic people. I mean, there's no getting around that. But, um, but women, women make people. I mean, women produce people. And they're getting closer and closer to really not needing our help in doing that. So um, I, give, I give credit where credit's due. Um, I don't think men are superior to women. I think we're stronger physically because we're supposed to protect women because they make people and they're smarter than we are. And that's the truth. But Bobby Riggs at the age of 55 beat Margaret Court and then handed her some flowers for Mother's Day, which Margaret Court took the high road and curtsied and accepted the, the flowers. But then 29-year-old Billie Jean King decided that she wanted to take on Bobby Riggs. And after Bobby Riggs beat Margaret Court 6-2-6-1, I mean, it really wasn't much of a match, Billie Jean King decided to take on Bobby Riggs at the Houston Astrodome in what they were billing as the Battle of the Sexes. Well, Billie Jean King, I remember being in New York when this was going on. I was in Staten Island, 
And people back then used to send telegrams. Getting a telegram or sending a telegram back then was a really big deal because it was like, I think it was like two or three dollars a word. So you had to really choose your words carefully. Like if you sent a telegram and somebody was blowing through insurance money and they shouldn't, you could send them a telegram that says, about the insurance money, stop. <laughs> but there were telegrams pouring into the Houston Astrodome for Billie Jean King to please, please beat this guy. Beat Bobby Riggs. Well, <laughs> Billie Jean King did just that. She beat Bobby Riggs. And um, Bobby Riggs, I don't know why, but he reached out like... Um, like somebody who might have been the 45th president, you know, and claimed that, you know, that, oh, big deal, she beat a guy who's 55 years old. And she said, I don't want to hear it. You accepted the challenge and you lost. And there were people sending telegrams to Billie Jean King just that said, kick his ass. That was the whole telegram. And I thought this was amazing. But all of New York, everywhere you went that whole week, that was all people were talking about. That's all that was on people's minds was they wanted to watch Bobby Riggs fall. They wanted to watch Billie Jean King take him down. They wanted to kind of just stuff it in his face. And everywhere you went, Donut shops, delis, wherever you were, people were talking about this match. And every, I mean, there was only three channels at the time. It was, you know, ABC, NBC, and CBS. And the, that was dominating the news and dominating television. And there wasn't a sports report that whole week that didn't cover this upcoming match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. And Bobby Riggs showing poor sportsmanship. After you win a tennis match, you're supposed to hop the net. You're supposed to jump over the net and greet the other person. Well, Bobby Riggs lost and immediately jumped over the net because he wanted the image to be that he won. And people were saying, oh, you know, Billie Jean King was 26 years younger. Well... Ever since Billie Jean King did what she did, there has been equal pay for men and women in the sport of tennis. It became the very first sport, very first major sport to have equal pay for the championship for both men and women. And just today I was watching Coco Goff win the women's championship at the u.s open and she took a moment at 19 years old she took a moment during her speech to thank Billie jean king for making it possible for women to earn the same money in winning the u.s open as men do so she was that's when she received her three million dollar check from the u.s open for winning now second place gets a million and a half that is the same on both the men and the women's side of tennis and that's because of what Billie Jean King did in 1973. And this is 50 years since Billie Jean King beat Bobby Riggs 
in straight sets. She beat him 6-4-6-3-6-3. So I gotta I gotta say, Billie Jean King, great for her. Because, you know, nobody did it before her. And frankly, Bobby Riggs was expecting to beat Margaret Court and Billie Jean King in the same year. And then we would have never heard the end of it. So anyway, thank you, Billie Jean King, for leveling the playing field, literally leveling the playing field for men and women in tennis. Appreciate you. Now, tomorrow on September 10th, I'm sorry, on September, yeah, September 10th, the U.S. Open will have its men's final, which um, I don't want to screw this guy's name up. He's from the Czech Republic. His name is Medvedev. There, I got it. And he's ranked number three in the world, and he's going against Djokovic. Now, people wanted to watch a rematch of Wimbledon, but um, that didn't happen, unfortunately. So Djokovic is going to have to wait for his revenge. But, you know, that's fine. Alcarez, he's 19. He'll be around for a while. Djokovic is at the end of his career. It'd be nice for him to win another U.S. Open. But we'll see what happens because this is two versus three. So that is the match. And I'll talk about who wins on the next episode after we have week one fully out of the way. But I had to do I had to do another another episode of JV to the Pros in the wake of the Detroit Lions doing what they did. And then Coco Goff winning in front of that crowd in New York and being an American. I mean I just thought that is awesome. So I had to cover I had to cover that. So I do want to um, talk about what's going on in baseball because there's a couple of things that happened in baseball that, I, you know, I, I said in the AL West that Houston was playing pretty good, but Seattle was playing like lights out. Well, I predicted that Texas was going to be representing the American League in the World Series. Well, Texas now is three games back. And they're two games back in the wild card chase. All of a sudden, Texas can't seem to play baseball. I don't know what happened two and a half weeks ago, but they just can't seem to get it together. And Seattle is just winning like crazy. But Houston has found their form. So Houston and Seattle are in a virtual tie for first place in the AL West. But let's go over to the AL East where Baltimore now has a three-and-a-half game lead over Tampa Bay, and I don't think Tampa Bay is going to catch him. Baltimore is playing great, great ball, and I think they're going to win the AL East, and I think Buck Showalter is going to be scratching his head like, what do I got to do? The Yankees, I'm going to say this with a straight face, the New York Yankees are 20, yes, you've heard this correctly, are 20 games back in the AL East. And they have 70 wins and they're 20 games back. Boston is 17 and a half games back. This will be the first time in like 30 years where Boston and the Yankees 
finish at the bottom of that division. But congratulations to Baltimore. You look like you're going to win that division. And it looks like you're going to be marching right into the playoffs with a head of steam. In the AL Central, Minnesota with 75 wins. Think about it. 75 wins. Yankees are 20 games back in that division. Minnesota has 75. They'd be five games back if they were in the Central. Okay, just saying. Minnesota has a seven-game lead over the horribly named Cleveland Guardians. And Minnesota, yeah, they look like, they look like they're going to be walking into the playoffs. Seven-game lead. Halfway through September, that should be plenty. So expect Minnesota to win the AL Central. And I don't know. Seattle and Houston in the AL West. I don't know. I'm I'm still thinking Seattle. I'm still I like the way Seattle's playing. I like the way they're pitching. I like that they're playing loose. I I like Seattle. But I don't know what happened to Texas. I just don't know. But um I don't think Oakland in that division is going to win 50 games for the whole year. I just don't. <laughs> what a mess that is. Now, the team that I did say would represent the National League in the World Series is the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves have 92 wins with like three weeks left in the season. So they're going to win well over 100 games. And they have a 15-game lead over Philadelphia. So really... Atlanta could win one out of every three games for the rest of the year and still win that division. So Atlanta is going to be your National League East champion, and they're going to go into the playoffs. <laughs> they're, going to, they're going to represent the National League. Just get ready for it. Milwaukee in the National League Central is battling my National League team, the Chicago Cubs. And there are, there's a, there are four games back. The Cubs are four games back from Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is stumbling a little bit here and there. Chicago's still playing great ball. But the Cubs are at least going to find themselves in the wild card. They'll make the playoffs. I don't think Milwaukee wants to play the Cubs in the playoffs. But let's see what happens. Cincinnati looked very promising. Now they're seven games back with not a lot of time left on the clock. So I don't see Cincinnati making up that ground. It's going to be Chicago and Milwaukee coming into the playoffs out of that division in the NL Central. Now, in the National League West, it's not even interesting. The Dodgers have a 12-and-a-half game lead with two-and-a-half weeks left in the season. They're going to win the division. I don't think anybody else... I don't think anybody else from that division is going to make the playoffs. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think maybe for the for the whole rest of uh, of the National League, the the National League West, I think they're just going to have to accept that it's just not going to happen. No. So they can just turn around and take off for the golf course. <laughs> so the National League West, which was expected to be something pretty awesome, has turned out to be... How about new? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. It's bad. Anyway, Dodgers are going into the playoffs, and for the rest of the National League West... <laughs> ah, well... I had to do <clears throat> this show. I had to insert this show before the bulk of the games gets played. Now, my Jets are playing on Monday Night Football against the Bills. 
And I'm going to call it right now. I'm taking the Jets, and I think the Jets win by at least 12. I think they win this game big. So I think this Jets team that split with Buffalo last uh, last year is a much improved team this year. And I think they go in and they stomp, stomp Buffalo. I don't think Josh Allen is ready for this. I'm hoping one of my dear friends, who's a huge Buffalo Bills fan, I'm hoping she joins me to watch the game at a New York Jets bar. And we're going to enjoy Monday Night Football. And I will do another episode of JV to the Pros right after Monday Night Football and the Jets turn around and win, win, win. Yeah, baby. What do you think of the Jets? Yeah. I can get my friend to come watch a little Jets football at a Jets bar. This is what she's going to be hearing a lot of. It's going to be all Jets, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and there will be a lot of cheering. Yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Loving it. <laughs> so that is season five, episode 18 of JV to the Pros. I thank you very much for listening. I want to thank our sponsors, Rob Van Dam CBD Oil. That can be found at JVD, JVD, RVDCBD.com, JVD, Jack Vecchio, <laughs> RVDCBD.com, and you put JV to the Pros in the promo box and you'll save at least 10% on your next order. I want to thank... Um, Paul Sorrentino, who is the employer lawyer, and he does protect small businesses, companies, and corporations from being attacked unnecessarily and wrongfully. He keeps that thing under control, and he makes sure he keeps an eye on your business. And all the best to Paulie. He's back east um, making all the funeral arrangements and stuff. Um, for mom, um, I could not go back and forth again after doing my Uncle Vinny's trip, but um, I did take him to the airport. I will be picking him up from the airport because he's family, and it's just what we do, man. We love each other. So um, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait to give him a big hug. I want to thank producer Karen, who has with her busy schedule, been finding time to make sure she produces this show after I get done having all this fun. She makes sure she puts all the visuals. You can get us on Instagram, JV to the pros on Instagram, JV to the pros, all spelled out on Facebook. If you want to email us, go to JV to the pros at gmail.com and you could just leave comments and compliments on our Facebook page. We'd love to see them. We'd love to see what you think. You could leave any messages you want on there, or you could leave direct messages for us. JV to the pros, all spelled out on Facebook. That is season five, episode 18 of JV to the pros. I thank you so very much 
for loyally listening. And by the way, I can't end the show without keeping in mind that we got us a football season coming up, don't we? Expect the Jets to be playing in February. That's all I got to say. Come February, expect to see the Jets playing. That is Season 5, Episode 18 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, and thank you very much for listening.